sometimes in the ocean of life we're enjoying peaceful beautiful waters and other times it's a dark scary storm join me as we go sailing through the songs Howdy everyone, welcome to the second episode of Sailing Through the Psalms. Today we're going to be talking about Psalms 2. This is a royal psalm, and some call this the Psalm of Messiah the Prince. And this psalm is talking about Jesus Christ. Now, we know that Jesus comes uh, in the New Testament, but he was prophesied so much in the Old Testament. And what's that mean? It means that uh, people were predicting his coming, uh, talking about what Jesus would be like, what he would do. And there's things uh, even of uh, events to happen still in the future that haven't come to be yet of prophecies we see in the Old Testament. And I think that's so cool. But when looking at this psalm today, really we can focus on Jesus Christ is the king of everything. Now, what makes Jesus so special? What gives him this authority that he can even have this title of king? Well, one thing is he is a living king. Now, you might be thinking, I thought Jesus died on the cross. Well, yes, he did. But he died to pay the penalty for sins of all humanity, even though he himself was not sinful. He was perfect. He was holy. He didn't do anything wrong. And that's the reason why he could pay the penalty, why he could be that perfect sacrifice for you and me, even though uh, he never did anything wrong. He took on our sin, our wrong, our filth uh, to make atonement for us so we could have a way to come to God. Uh, But Jesus, he did not stay dead. He arose. He conquered death. The Bible tells us that he is seated today at the right hand of the Father. And if you go around the world today, you can find many tombs, grave sites can be visited of kings of the past, of great leaders this world has seen, and they are still in their tomb. Jesus is not. If you would go and find the tomb where Jesus was laid, he is not there. And that's because he is a king who is very much alive today, and he'll be alive going forward. He is not dead. And we're going to look through these verses. The first nine verses, just going to kind of briefly summarize and then really focus on the last three, verses 10 through 12. And I think there's good application we can get from that. But this is kind of written in sort of like a poetry type way, if you want to say it like that. A lot of the Psalms are written either as songs or poems. They're very beautiful, and sometimes that can be a little hard to understand. I think back to my English class in high school, we would read uh, these things from hundreds of years ago, and they're beautifully written, and they have a great story, but trying to understand them can be confusing at times. And I'm not going to do a perfect job at this, but I think there's still a lot of good truth we can get through the Psalms. And uh, like I've already said multiple times today, we're in Psalms 2 today. And the first three verses are really talking about uh, these people who are angry. Uh, They direct their anger at God. Now, when you think about anger, anger usually, I'd say almost in all cases, is a result of when we don't get what we want in life. Uh, Really, when you boil it down to simple terms, 
that's the case. When I don't get something I want, when you don't get something you want, anger can result from that. And we get carried away by our selfishness. We keep our focus on temporary situations rather than the big picture view of our life. Uh, It's easy to question God and even get angry with him. And I know this in my own life. It's easy to say that. It's easy to say, you know, that's true. But anger can get you in the moment. Uh, Sometimes it can just seem like that's the best response to give in to that emotion. And anger, if you let that just uh, be uncontrolled, you don't take care of it. You let that bitterness keep growing and growing. It will affect your mental health. It's going to affect your physical health even. And it's just not a good way to live. And uh, especially when that anger can get so big, keep growing and growing, and it becomes anger at God directed at him. And that's what we see from uh, the people talked about in these verses. There's leaders who hate God, and they can have great influence on the people they're leading and their viewpoint of God, even misrepresenting God. And verse three, really the idea there is that people want to be their own king. Uh, And I think that's so true of everyone today still. We like being in charge. We don't want anyone or anything telling us how to live. So why not just do what feels good and not worry about right and wrong? I mean, isn't that easier in life when we're in charge of all that? Why worry about consequences? Can't I be the judge of my own life? And then we see in the next verses that follow, God ridicules this kind of thinking, these kind of people. Uh, whether we like it or not, there is right and wrong. Uh, there are consequences for the choices we make. There is a judge higher than us, and that judge is God. And he is a righteous God. He's a God of love. But uh, like this uh, passage is telling us, he is king. Uh, he's in charge of everything. He's the one who created everything. He's the one who... Uh, was there before the beginning. He'll be there uh, forever. Uh, Jesus is set up as king already. He is appointed above all. And to think that anyone else could rival him is laughable. That's why in verse four, it says, he that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Uh, It truly is laughable for God uh, to think anyone could rival him. I I think a lot of times uh, we like today in sports or even our movies, we like when two forces come against each other and they're rivals and you don't know what the outcome's going to be. Uh, God has no rival. (laughs) There's nothing that can overtake him. There's no one powerful enough to come up and oppose him and be victorious. The battle's already won. And uh, in verses seven through nine, we see this even more. Uh, Jesus has full power. He is perfect. He's holy. Uh, Death and sin could not keep him down. Wicked people today have no power over King Jesus. And then we get to these last three verses, which I'll go ahead and read verses 10 through 12. Uh, They say, Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. And I think this is very good application for you and me. This is advice given for earthly kings to yield to the one true king. And oftentimes in the Bible, we see advice given to kings, and 
this is just my viewpoint, but if it's advice for Kings to follow, uh, it's good for you and I to follow as well. We should be aiming high in our life. We should be trying to grow uh, as close to God as we can be, not try to just walk the line. We should want to have a relationship that's genuine and have close fellowship uh, with Jesus. So this is good application. Jesus is king. We should treat him with that respect. We see be wise, uh, be instructed. We need to be willing to listen. Uh, Listen to the Bible's instruction and obey it. Listen to wisdom and wise counsel from people who are more experienced in life than us or maybe have walked on a different path and have something to offer to us. You should always be willing to listen to someone and not just brush off what they're telling you. And especially with the Bible. Uh, The Bible is so full of wisdom, so full of truth. We should be striving to obey its instruction and to live it out with our life. Uh, Verse 11, it says, serve the Lord with fear. Uh, We need to serve the Lord with fear. Now, uh, that word fear That's not talking about just uh, you're so scared that you do things because if you don't, you think you're just going to drop dead. Uh, We should have a healthy respect. uh, But also, uh, when you think of fears, I think about this with either uh, a friend, a parent, or a spouse, even your children. Uh, There's a fear of you don't want to let them down. If you don't do your part, uh, they're going to be hurt because of it, and you fear that. Uh, another thing would even just be how, because of how awesome Jesus is, we should really want to honor and obey him. You think about the movie in the books, the Chronicles of Narnia, and a symbol for God in those books is Aslan the lion. And everyone knows Aslan is good. He's all powerful. But there's also a fear uh, because of just how awesome he is. And I think that's the way uh, we should look at fearing God as well. And then rejoice with trembling, it says also in verse 11. And that's along the same lines. There should be uh, joy, but also some uh, healthy trembling and awe. Uh, Think about right now, wherever you're at, maybe in your car, maybe you're uh, just sitting down in your house. But if Jesus came to you right now, would you tremble? I think I would. Uh, There should be a healthy mix of joy in awe at the Lord of all. Then we finally get to verse 12, that phrase, kiss the sun. Uh, You've probably heard of this before. Uh, You would go and kiss the king. Maybe they have a ring that a follower would kiss the ring. And that was simply to show a sign of respect and submission to that king. Uh, We should have that same mindset for Jesus. Yes, he's our friend. Yes, uh, We love him. We have that relationship, but we should be submitted to him and our life should be given to him. John 3.30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Uh, Do we have this viewpoint in our life? Do you have that in your life today? Now, what's that verse saying? Is Jesus is God big in your life? And for him to get big in your life, you may need to take some things in your own life and make them smaller. Maybe it's your entertainment. Maybe it's your job. Uh, Just the way you spend your time. If you're always focused on me, 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 uh, just a selfish viewpoint and you don't give any uh, time for God, he's never going to increase. Uh, We should be submitted to God in this way. We should be treating him like 
the king that he is, like the king that he deserves uh, for us to see him as. And then lastly, we get this phrase, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. I think that's pretty straightforward. Where Your life will be better when you trust God. Maybe your faith and trust in God is small, but even if it's small, even if it's uh, weak in your mind, if it is real, you'll be blessed for that. The amount of faith you have matters, but uh, it, it doesn't matter how much faith you have if it's in a bad source. Maybe I'm saying that a little confusing, but the thing I like to say is if we were both going to walk across ice and I have a lot of faith in ice that's maybe a quarter inch thick going across the lake and there's someone else walking and they just have a little bit of faith and that ice is about, I don't know, 30 feet deep. (laughs) It doesn't matter that I have the bigger faith. Mine is in a bad source. It's in an unreliable source. God's really the only source of faith that we can truly uh, have that's reliable, that's worthy of our faith, worthy of our trust. And I know that's easier said than done, uh, just trusting God. But remember, like we said before, Jesus cares about you. He's the king of all. And he sees the big picture viewpoint of your life, even when you don't understand. It can be so easy to just get caught up in the feelings and the emotions of where we are today, of the temporary things. But understand, Jesus cares about you. He is the king of all. He's in control of all things. He sees the big picture. He knows uh, what's necessary for your life. And he asks us to trust him. So in conclusion, uh, the things I would take away from this, remember Jesus is king of everything. So serve him, obey him, and trust him. Uh, Thanks for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day.